And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo of feathery weather and weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese is Philadelphia. Both when Zach kicking it cooler than two penguins till Zach runs off with his valet key. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Both Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We're going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends Thursday evening. Bo Wolf, Marissa Dunn, Zach Berman, who looks like he's muted and doesn't realize it, here to talk about the latest happenings with the Philadelphia Eagles and it's a newsy episode, so I say I say we send it right to the Stone Cold Newsman. What's happening? How is it that the Eagles are feasting on some Bobby Q? The Philadelphia Eagles made a splash on Wednesday when they acquired Robert Quinn, the experienced three-time Pro Bowl edge rusher, one of the seven players one of the seven active players in the NFL who has reached 100 sacks. They gave up a 2023 fourth-round draft pick to bring Quinn into a defensive end rotation, or I should say edge rusher rotation. That includes Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and Brandon Graham. Robert Quinn arrived in Philadelphia on Thursday, met his, two, his new teammates, was out on the practice field, and could play Sunday. We'll find out more when Nick Sirianni speaks on Friday. When he was on the practice field, another player who was out there was Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson cleared from the concussion protocol, uh, back at practice, had a chance to speak to him today. We can get to that in a bit. Elsewhere in the news to make room for Robert Quinn, the Eagles cut Teron Jackson, uh, the second-year second edge rusher. And then also the Eagles started the 21-day practice window on tight end Tyree Jackson. So that is something to monitor as well. The last piece of news, I don't know if we covered this in the last podcast or not, but I will, it's bare, It's worth repeating. Greg Ward rejoined the practice squad for the Eagles. So uh, those are your updates. Until then, I'm Zach Berman. Back to you at the desk, Bo. Thanks, Zach. Uh, Marissa, how are you? I am awesome. Um, I'm like interested to hear more in your takes on this trade and if the Eagles are going to do anything else I'm sure the chat wants to know that so yeah excited for this pod and ready for Swooper to be back I've missed it mm. the past week so. I know that's right <laughs> as Zach rolls that, his eyes that yeah that makes one of us yes. <laughs> mm. so we will have uh we will have Swooper coming up later in the show we'll have a little bit of a 
uh, crow thine enemy on the Steelers-Eagles matchup. But let's get into this Bobby Quinn discussion, Zach. Uh, I do need to start with a bit of a moa culpa, uh, and this is an apology to you. Um, I don't think that uh, I don't think that this will surprise listeners to the show. But yesterday, after Robert Quinn was acquired, uh, there was some discussion in the media room about who would be released, who would be oh, cut you don't need to, offer to make to friends. make room yeah. Yeah. for uh, for Robert Quinn. And you suggested to Ron Jackson. That was your first guess. And I was just so dismissive. I was, I mean, very rude. I felt like yeah, after fine. the fact, I said, Teron Jackson, they're not cutting Teron Jackson. They like Teron Jackson. Boy, was I wrong. Egg on my face. I shouldn't have been so rude. And so a moa culpa, I apologize. You know, I need to, I need, I need to uh, check my, check my ego at the door. Apology accepted. No big deal. This leads us into uh, another opportunity for you to take a whiff, which you retracted. <laughs> no. Which yeah, was, it was not uh, an opportunity to take a whiff. A, a video actually... that you tweeted from our conversation uh, in the last podcast about the Eagles potentially acquiring Robert Quinn. It was taken as a whiff, as a flex, and you didn't like that, so you deleted the tweet. Tell us the saga. Yes, I, I deleted the tweet, and there, it, there, there wasn't a, a, a saga. I put it up with the intent, like figuring, all right, I only have X amount of characters on Twitter, but we discussed this on the podcast. Um, so instead of like doing multiple tweets, maybe it's a way to kind of cross promote the podcast, give the analysis from the podcast from the day before about Robert Quinn. And so then I posted that and I received, uh, two text messages from fellow reporters and a tweet from shield, uh, Who's that? About, about like flexing or taking a whiff when really my intention was like to offer the analysis that we gave on the pod. So I, I thought it was very unbecoming to make it seem like I was uh, acting like I called my shot. That wasn't the case at all. And there are, first off, I, th I think it was fairly obvious that they'd be interested in a pass rusher. It's not like going out on a limb to say Robert Quinn is, was, you know, probably the best. Uh, and we'll, and we'll get to this, probably the best short-term fix they could get. Um, now, if you're talking about like acquiring Brian Burns or Bradley Chubb, it's a different conversation. But for realistic targets that were going to be moved, then I think Robert Quinn was was a, a really good option there. Uh, and so it didn't take a lot of connecting the dots to do that. And there are some reporters who like to throw out obvious statements and then like act act like they were calling it all along. Uh, that that was not the case. So I deleted that tweet because I thought it was unbecoming. However. If it was your intention to flex and have it both ways, you were <laughs> was... able to accomplish doing both by tweeting the video, but then saying, oh, I did not mean to be so so self-promoting. No, I, I deleted it, and then I didn't expect it to be a topic of discussion at the start of a podcast when the Eagles acquired Robert Quinn and have a big game against the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Marissa, your thoughts? I think, Zach, you should 100% repost that. Everyone should see that. It's on the pod already. You're just... You're cross-promoting the pod. You're bringing on exactly. the show. You're making people aware of what you discussed. I think 100% you should have not deleted that. And Flex, as much as... <laughs> I mean, it's great. I love it. I just got a brand new shipment of Secret in the mail. We're ready to take whiffs here. <laughs> That's still so weird to me. <laughs> Why? Four, uh, four years into this podcast, that's still so weird to me. 
mean, I'm not I'm not so protective of my masculinity that I need to be a midget man like you. Just <laughs> use what works best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can move on from that. A lot of comments, a lot of comments in the chat on uh on the vest. How are we feeling about the vest? So I uh, so uh, another true story here. So, and, 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 and arms, a literal and, flex. No, and Bo knows this. I wrote a story that will be up fairly soon. Uh, it was, it was filed recently. So I, I got home, I rushed to write the story. Uh, and then I had to get it done by a certain time so I can put my kids to bed or help put my kids to bed. And then we had the seven 30 kickoff for the pod. So I literally, the thing with the vest and Bo and I have spoken about this before is that it's it's a piece of clothing that you kind of forget you have on. It's not as bulky mm. as a jacket, right? That's what I like about it. You know, when you're in the car, you can just get right in. You, and, and and so I it was I I I forgot that I had it on, and then uh, and he, and here we are potting. Then Marissa pointed it out, and I said, "Should I take it off?" And I trust mission. I I, I trust Marissa's sense more than both sense. And Marissa said to keep it on. No, anyways, like it. I'm a best person. Yeah. I like it. And the chat clearly likes it too. So you have a pretty, you have audio. a, you have a pretty varied selection of vests. There's the, the one that uh, your, your wife says makes you look like a movie director, which I always like. <laughs> we really don't need to get into this type of conversation. <laughs> we don't have to get into this conversation. Um, big, big trade. Right, let's, let's, let's talk yes. about the move. Um, I, I think you touched on it. Um, I think this is, in some ways, the continuation of, I think, what has been like the year of uh, hitting the pitches down the middle for mm -hmm. Howie Roseman, doing the obvious things, right? Um, and I think that was like sort of started with the Devontae Smith selection. Like, don't overthink this, right? Uh, don't overthink Landon Dickerson. Don't overthink Jordan Davis. There's only so many human beings this big who can move like this. AJ Brown is a little bit different because obviously don't overthink you, you get the guy, but it takes a lot of work to go to be in position to get him and, and be involved. Don't overthink James Bradbury's on the street. You don't have a, a, a great second corner sign him. The Robert Quinn thing. It's interesting because this is a guy who the entire league has known is available since the summer, right? Like th this is not a surprise that, that Robert Quinn was dealt. Although we can get to the human element here because he did seem pretty uh, pretty shocked today when he arrived uh, at the Novacare Complex. But this is a guy, obviously, he had 19 and a half sacks last year or whatever it was, second in the league in sacks. 18 and a half, yes. 18 and a half. And top um, of the NFC, if, if you want to use the uh, the Aaron Judge. Um, uh, there you go. Yeah, the Aaron Judge role here. Yes. A good wow, shot at Marissa. Is that a shot at Aaron Judge? Yes, it was. Yes, it, it was. was a shot at sports God. writers more than Aaron Judge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Judge is there. Okay. <laughs> so this guy's out there. We know, I mean, you talked about it. This is also like a, like it's, it's a very Howie Roseman move because it is what he values, pass rush, pass protection. This is bolstering that group. We can get into what it means, what it means snap wise. I think it has a lot to do with like the big picture of keeping everybody fresh down the stretch mm -hmm. of what they expect yep. to be a long season. Um, I think that like, if you look at the relative upside here, it's a no brainer. Right. Like if he is 80 percent of what he was last year, production wise, that's fantastic for a fourth round pick, which is likely to be a, a, a late fourth round pick. You do that all day. I don't think it's it's a guarantee that it's going to be uh, such a home run. I think I think it matters that the entire league knew that this guy was available and the best offer the, the, the Bears got 
while picking up his contract for this year was the Eagles fourth round pick, which is like you would project that to be one of the later fourth round picks already. Um, so I think that is telling to some degree. But you talk about like, what does the Seagulls team need? Um, we've, we've, we've hemmed and hawed about third safety and, and running back, which I think they still might address. But like adding a guy to replace the Derek Barnett snaps so that the Teron Jackson and Patrick Johnson snaps go to Robert Quinn and Robert Quinn's not going to be the focal point of uh, opposing offensive game plans. Obviously, this is a pitch like you, you, you swing at this pitch. You do this all day. Yes, agreed. Uh, there are two, you know, there's the actual cost and then there's the opportunity cost. The actual cost is not particularly high, right? I, I've seen this opinion that this is that this signals that the Eagles are all in on this season. They, they, I, I, I mean, I, I, I believe the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I believe the Eagles think they are contenders this year. When you're six and zero, I mean, realistically, you have a, you have good odds to make to uh, secure the one seed. If you secure the one seed, you are by definition a Super Bowl contender, right? Um, but uh, uh, they only gave up, like you said, a fourth round pick. They preserved. Their six picks in the first two rounds, the next two seasons. And then the financial cost, and this was reported, I believe, by NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, that Chicago is basically picking up all the salary except the minimum. So the Eagles are paying them the minimum. So the actual cost is very low. Like they paid more for Jannard Avery. Um, they, right. uh, they, it's funny. I think, we can, I think we can comment on the, um, the national media landscape, how it's funny that one person breaks the trade. One person breaks the compensation. One person breaks the uh, like the the money that's being picked up. You know, the love is spread. You keep everyone happy that way, right? right. Um, uh, so, so this, yeah. So that's one part of it. Is is like I, I don't think the actual cost is that high. So there's really very little downside there. So then you look at the opportunity cost. Well, it's coming at the expense of Patrick Johnson and Teron Jackson. I'm not really worried about stunting their development. Uh, not, I mean, no disrespect to either player. The right? Eagles barely I, stunt anyway. Yeah, so it it, 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 it made sense there uh, from all indications. Now, I, I just met him today and it was in a press conference, but from what I've heard during the past 24 hours, he's he's a, a, a well-respected locker room guy. Um, so there's there's a benefit there because you're always considerate or you, you consider who you're bringing in to a mix that seems to be working. Uh, you, you saw Roquan Smith's reaction to him getting traded, which Bo asked about today. Uh, and Robert Quinn said that's an example of a teammate becoming a brother. Uh, also, I mean, Chris Long has spoken very highly of Robert Quinn in the past. I spoke to a, a few Eagles today who, who mentioned Chris Long talking about him, right? So, so there's, there's value there. Uh, as Bo wrote on our rating the trade yesterday, which you, which Marissa did a great job putting this on the bottom of the screen. You can check that out on the, on the athletic. You do need to look into why he hasn't been as productive this season as in past seasons. Right. Uh, but there is a track record here to gamble on. Like I said, one of seven active players with double digit sacks, 18 and a half last season, uh, pass rushers tend to age well. And then I also think if there's a position where you can come in, I spoke to Brandon Graham. Uh, uh, I spoke to Brandon Graham about this today. I there's a position right. where you can come in mid-season and contribute. Uh, 
the edge rusher, the pass rusher, is that spot. Graham said there are things with with the defense in terms of dropping and and you know nuances there that might take some time, but a, a coach can say, you know, go to the quarterback. And Robert Quinn knows how to get to the quarterback. And Lane Johnson talking to him today, Lane said that Robert Quinn usually rushes from the other side, from the offensive left side, defensive right side. So they haven't gone against each other much, but he obviously knows of Quinn and he's he talks about the bend that Quinn has coming around the edge. And that if the offensive tackle doesn't get off the ball and doesn't have kind of quick feet and quick hips, he's done, right? Quinn Quinn's just going to get around you. So I think that uh, in terms of adding a player, on they added him October 26th. Uh, it's week eight of the, uh, of the NFL season. That uh, a, a pass rusher is a good way to go. So all around, I give this this trade really high marks. And I, I, I think it, it could have a major effect in games this season. Um, to your point, um, like a midseason trade, you're worrying about like unknowns, right? How's the mm -hmm. guy going to yep. fit into a scheme? And as you said, like where can where can guys fit in pretty seamlessly? Pass rusher for sure, running back, which we, they might do, and in, in which we saw in 2017. And like, what are the unknown? The other big unknown is how the how the guy's going to fit in. And as you said, everybody raves about uh, the player, so. And the personality. So from that perspective, it seems like it should be a relatively seamless fit. He said today, like the biggest problem is is the terminology. Um, like he, you know, the the scheme is fine. He can figure that out. Uh, but he, you know, it's they they call things differently um, than they did everywhere else he's been. And he's been a lot of places. So uh, not not a crazy adjustment for him. But he's never been traded midseason before. Um, I think the right defensive end thing is interesting because the guy's been around. This is his twelfth year. He really rarely rushes from the left side. He, he has been a predominantly one-sided rusher. So I think that affects how this rotation is going to work to some degree. Um, I think it will be curious to see how they end up splitting up those snaps. Um, Daniz has done uh, a, a good job tweeting um, the other day about how, like what we don't see from Jonathan Gannon is those four down packages with three defensive linemen on the field, which you know we saw all the time from Jim Schwartz. Um, when the when the Eagles go four down linemen um, under Gannon, they keep two defensive tackles on the field. Now, you know, Brandon Graham can do that, obviously, but Quinn and Sweat and Reddick are not designed to do that. So, like, there are going to be guys off the field. Um, it's going to be tough to manage those snaps. But I think that that is by design. I think, like, I think that's a real major part of this move is that uh, you, you trade the volume of snaps now for quality of snaps come yes. January and February, right? Like, uh, and they've been, I think, you know, some of these guys have it, partially because of the Barnett injury, their snaps have been like a tick up than maybe they were a year ago, maybe than the Eagles would like them to be. And so I think adding a pass rusher was important for them because they needed to make sure that Hassan Reddick's le legs are fresh in January, that Josh Sweat, uh, you know, his, his balky knee is not a problem down the stretch. So I think that's a major factor. Yeah, a few things there. Um, the the first being obviously when we well, I, I shouldn't say obviously because our listeners don't know this yet, but when we spoke to the players today, it was before their first practice. But the indications that I, I got in the locker room was the expectation at this point is that it's going to be Sweat and Reddick with the top group, and then Graham and Quinn with the next group. Okay, Graham even said, I mean, this was on the record. Graham Sweat said 
he expects to be in there with Quinn. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so something to monitor there. It's also sort of like for like that way, like Reddick skill set wise is like Quinn mm -hmm. sweat is more like Ram. Right. And, and then I agree with you in terms of, in, in terms of keeping them fresh. And that is a bit of an adjustment for Quinn. If you just look at his career, he's never played fewer than I think 55 or thereabout percent of the snaps for his, his team. And he's not going to be that player in Philly, but I actually think that can be advantageous for him. I think it will keep him fresh. That was a, uh, it, it was something I explored in the locker room, the, the, the benefit of that. And, uh, from both the defense and the offense perspective, I, I, I heard, you know, the thing that kept coming up is the offensive linemen play every snap of the game, right? The pass rushers are subbing in and out. So you get to the third and fourth quarter, the pass rushers might be fresh. And actually Lane Johnson had something interesting to say about this from an offensive lineman's perspective. And I will read this here close to verbatim because we are a family podcast. Uh, quote, there ain't a whole lot of good that comes with playing the O-line except the money. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of times you're getting beeped on. You're playing all the snaps. The defenders are playing 50%, 60% of the snaps. They get a sack. They're bleeping, tweeting about it. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> that's the perspective of Lane Johnson there. Now, I, I this is a point that I that I wrote about that I asked um, I asked about today, and perhaps I'm belaboring it, but I'm I don't think I'm belaboring it. And that's this is a team that has played with double digit leads every game this season. They've had a 14 point lead in all six games. It's obviously difficult to sustain that pace but it is reasonable to expect them to be playing with leads late in games. Uh, you just look at the teams they're playing, the opposing quarterbacks they're playing. They play six of the, or six of their remaining games are against uh, teams in the top 11 in sack percentage allowed in, you know, in, in sack percentage. And I frame it 11 because two teams are tied for 10, the Eagles by coincidence and the Indianapolis Colts. Um, there are going to be sack opportunities with the teams they play against. And in particular, there are going to be late game sack opportunities uh, when the Eagles have a lead and opposing teams need to pass the ball. If you just look at the numbers, the Eagles have 10 second half sacks this season, but they only have one in the past two games. And I think that's relevant because I don't want to say it's recency bias, but I do want to say the Eagles looked at the way they played against Arizona. They looked at the way they played against Dallas. They saw both those teams come back late in the games, and they probably didn't get, I would say, they didn't get sufficient pass rush in either of those games in the second half. So now you, you have upgraded pass rushers, fresh pass rushers, and you're going to be playing with leads. I think this really makes sense for the Eagles. Now, just to not be like so over the top here, we do need to talk about the drop in production, um, okay. which is significant. Last year, obviously, he was really good. He he hit the quarterback 23 times on 377 pass rush snaps. That was 6.1% towards the top of the league and at a very high volume. So that was a very impressive season. This year, he has barely touched the quarterback. He has three quarterback hits, including one sack in 159 pass rush snaps. That's what down from 
6.1% to 1.9% that he's hitting the quarterback on pass rush opportunities. Uh, that is like of the of the players who have had as many pass rush snaps as him this year, which is in the in the 30s um, at, on the edge. Only two guys have a worse rate. So he has been invisible this year. Now, there is some context here. He has been double teamed at a, at a, at a fairly high rate. He has been more of a focus of opposing offenses than he was last year when uh, Khalil Mack was there. Yeah. But I mean, there's a chance that he's totally cooked. Um, in which case, like the the cost, as you said, is not super high. It was worth a shot. But there's no, and you also imagine that if he's playing a fraction of the snaps, his legs will be fresher. But there is a possibility that he's totally cooked. And again, there's a reason that nobody else in the league was willing to to give up a fourth round pick for him, despite him not costing anything this season that's a reasonable question to ponder i do think they the two factors uh being obviously new defensive scheme this year and then not having khalil mack on the other side like you mentioned that certainly affects things uh so i will give him the benefit of the doubt because of the track record also if if they had brought him in as say the hassan reddick move in march then maybe you're well in in March you're probably less skeptical because he's coming off an 18 and a half sack season but i think it's important to to note he's brought in here essentially as the third fourth pass rusher right Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat are still top of the depth chart for them and i i know that they uh, they can say they have four starters but my guess is when you look at the snap distribution at the end of the game you're still going to see Reddick and Sweat atop that. But the Eagles, you know, they're 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 dealing with two players over 30 in Quinn and Graham. Quinn in his 12th season, Graham in his 13th season. Uh and and then on top of that, they have um you know Josh Sweat. I, I don't want to say he has a, a a knee injury, but you know, he, they they're always cognizant of him health-wise. He he's he's one of the players who rests uh, during the week, right? So you said this a few minutes ago, and it's very apt. They want to keep these guys fresh for a sustained run. And so I, I, I just think it makes a lot of sense from that perspective. The other opportunity cost, to your earlier point, is we don't know what else was available, right? We don't know what else they that, were involved true. in. We don't know who else a fourth-round pick could have been used on. Um, so, like, yes, th this move in a vacuum seems like a good move. It's impossible for us to say whether, like, let's say they do this and trade a sixth round pick for Rex Burkhead or some nonsense, or you know, this and uh, 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 another a twenty twenty four fourth round pick for Kareem Hunt or some some something like that might probably cost a little bit more. Whether that's going to be better than if you had traded like a sixth round pick for uh, who's the guy Marquise Haynes on the okay. Panthers, who's like a, a similar yeah. productive level player this year, probably would be even cheaper. And you gave up a little bit more for a running back. Um, it's that's impossible for us to know, but that's just, that's part of the balance and the, 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 uh, the tone that, or the, the decision that, that Roseman needs to make. I do think that this is like, it is funny because it is like the most, it is the, it was, it was always the most obvious move. And it's funny that, or at least, notable that they continue to make the obvious move if you were in howie's shoes or sitting in his office um would you have 
gone harder, if you will, for Brian Burns or Bradley Chubb, someone who is part of your rotation long term, or are you and thus paying more in terms of draft pick compensation? And both players are obviously due for contract extensions. Um, or are you okay with whether it's it's you know obviously it, it was Robert Quinn? It could have also been say Cleveland Farrell or you mentioned Marquise Haynes, a player like that who you're probably only looking at as someone to help you this season. I think I think it makes sense this way. Um, I like Howie Roseman's mo is that he wants to be involved in everything. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's the right thing to do. It's hard to know without knowing what the cost of Brian Burns is. I think if you add a Brian Burns, there are more unknowns about how the transition is going to go in terms of like upsetting the apple cart of a 6-0 team, right? Like yes. if you bring in Brian Burns, Brian Burns is not going to be the same good soldier that Robert Quinn is about being the third or fourth pass yeah. rusher, right? Yeah. And does that mean that Josh Sweat gets bumped down and how unhappy is he? And how does the locker room take the fact that a guy who has earned snaps is all of a sudden not playing as many snaps, a guy who has been here? I think those those are real dynamics that you worry about, especially especially in season. Um and so, like, unless the deal for Brian Burns, who is awesome, and I love Brian Burns, and we can debate about, about who loves him the most, um, I, it's like, unless unless it was such an obvious move to get this guy here, I think I understand the reasoning here. I think it makes sense. When looking at Robert Quinn, something else that, that jumps out to me, you mentioned that he was shocked about the trade, that he... he he said today yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, he he said today that he wasn't unhappy in Chicago because of the affection that he had for his teammates. He understood the situation he was in. Uh, but it's really hard interesting to, guy just from one press conference. Yeah, it's hard to ignore the reality that he's going to a situation where he's a really good chance of being on a contender here. Not this. Not, I don't think the the Bears are particularly good. They are three and four. That said, Robert Quinn has only been in the playoffs twice in his career. He's played two postseason games. His, the teams he has been on, or the games he's played, rather, he's only won. I think it was forty six percent of the games he's played in the league. Mm. When you think about Jeff Fisher as like the perpetual what, like seven and nine, eight, yeah. eight and I mean, those yeah. were the teams he was on. Um, so this is a real chance for him to contend, to compete. And I, I don't want to compare him to Von Miller because Von Miller is it, now him and Von Miller are two of those seven players who have eclipsed 100 sacks. And actually the only player in that group who is, uh, who's younger than Robert Quinn is Aaron Donald, uh, but Von Miller is obviously he's he's a, he's a little more accomplished in his career, uh, but it's it's it is comparable to me to the Von Miller trade last year, when that when the 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 Rams got Miller essentially like adding two riches, but believing that they were going to be in the mix at the end and they need a guy who who can be a difference maker in those money situations, and I think that's what Robert Quinn can be in the playoff game. Like I'm not doing a shield here and, and, you know, calling a strip sack in the Super Bowl. Uh, but I can certainly, it, like, it doesn't take hard, it, it doesn't require much effort to squint and see a postseason game 
when a team's trying to come back late in the game and Robert Quinn gets a strip sack. Robert Quinn, if you just look at his numbers, is well known for his ability to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. He He's a, I don't want to say strip sack artist, that might be a cliche, but between him and, and Hassan Reddick, you're getting two guys who can really get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Brandon Graham, too. Brandon Graham, too. Yes. Uh, so I can certainly see that type of situation. Yeah. I mean, uh, and like, obviously, in the playoffs, like to have Robert Quinn out there instead of Patrick Johnson or Teron Jackson, like you you feel better, no matter how cooked he might be. I mean, this there's a chance this is a Ryan Kerrigan situation, and even Ryan Kerrigan showed up in the playoffs. That's true. I don't want to max Duggan Patrick Johnson. He's 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 give good. He's, he's actually been, effort. yeah, he's he's yeah. been that bad. Yeah. By the way, uh, I don't mean to make an aside here, but uh for our listeners and viewers who who watch college football, Max Duggan is like a really good quarterback this year for one of the best teams in college football. He is getting the last laugh in the Jalen Rager situation. Max Duggan, uh, the TCU quarterback who, and I was going to, I was going to mention this when we get to the Steelers uh, part of this, of the, of the show. I feel like not since Max Duggan has everyone in the football universe been unanimous in their agreement that somebody is terrible at their job until Matt Canada coordinating the, the Steelers offense. So we can get to that, but I feel, like there's, I feel like there's a through line there. Um, all right. Uh, Bob, Bobby Q said, you can you call him whatever that. you want, Robert. We, I mean, I'm going to ask him if I can call him Bo, I guess. So I, I liked his line better than your line. If I can be honest, Bo says you can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. Well, it's not my right? line. That's like a very hacky old. I, I line. know. So he said, he said, call me whatever you want. Just don't make it disrespectful. Or as long as it's not disrespectful. So I got to ask him if I can call him Bo. I mean, that's not disrespectful. That's what, what more could, what more respect could I bestow upon someone than to call them Bo? B-E-A-U. I agree. No, that's, that is disrespectful. <laughs> that is disrespectful. Um, okay. Anything else? Any, any meat we we left off the bone here on, on Robert Quinn? What, what could be coming next? Do you think he plays Sunday? I think he does. Yeah. I agree. As 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 do I. He I mean, it there. is it is crazy to just think about like the real life personal whirlwind of this. What I mean, even if even if he had an inkling he was gonna get traded ahead of the trade deadline, like he's in Chicago yesterday, he gets to Philadelphia today, he's meeting these people, he's never like he doesn't know a ton of people here. Yeah. Um and it's like he's got to get ready for a game on Sunday. He's living out of the hotel. This is a guy who's been in the league for 12 years. This is not, you know, a uh, not a journeyman offensive yeah. lineman who's been looking for a spot around the league like a Michael Dunn who's used to living in his hotels. This is Bobby Q. Now, this isn't his 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 first rodeo, though. This is the sixth new locker room he's had in his career. But the first you, season, that's a much different animal. Yeah. If you include relocation, which I included relocation, because even though you're with mm. your, yeah, there's, there's Pretty a technical, lot of changes. But yeah. Okay. Uh, but he's been traded three times now. He's signed with a team. He was drafted and then he relocated in Los, from St. Louis to Los Angeles. And uh, do you remember, do you know who he was most recently traded for? Who he was most, well, he was most recently traded for a fourth round pick. Before that. He was traded um, from Miami to Dallas, I believe, for a sixth rounder. Which turned into 
which turned into John Penasini. John Penasini. It all comes back okay. to John Penasini. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I only know that because you the Eagles that have out. essentially traded for John Penasini. <laughs> so, no, but he was honest today, Robert Quinn, that is not John Penasini, about. Uh, he, he he said he wants. You know, to Calvin learn. Throckmorton is a starter for the Saints <laughs> these days. He said he wants to learn. And everybody. Mason Kinsey is in the league. <laughs> he says he wants to learn everybody's name. He says that he doesn't like to call people by their jersey numbers. Yeah, this was a tough, it's a tough sled. It's a tough sled that he's got here. Go ahead. Yes, but he said he's not good with names. So this is something that he that he really has to work on. And that's hard. To, you should read Bo's son story. That might help him out. That might help. Yeah. We're, that's a we're good trading, one. we're trading Jacksons. Yeah. That's a good one. But the key, all, all you have to do is when you meet someone, you just repeat their name three times. You say, Yeah. Hi. You say, Hi, Marissa. It's great to meet you, Marissa. And then I look forward to seeing you soon, Marissa. Yeah. Right. I've heard so, this. I've tried this. It doesn't work. It it definitely <laughs> it it definitely works, but I could just see Robert Quinn going it doesn't around work. saying, Hi, Dom. It's nice to meet you, Dom. I look forward to seeing you again soon, Dom. Uh, but he's got a he's got a nice gravelly deep voice. Like, hey, Dom. Nice <laughs> to meet you, Dom. Look forward to seeing you, Dom. Yeah. Uh, so that so so that being said, he he has a tall task in front of him because there are a lot of players and support staff and coaches uh, and a few reporters. Uh, so we'll we'll see how he does there, but. He he seems like an interesting guy, like you said. I I oh, yeah. I seem like a. I mean, I've I've been fooled by press conferences before, but I, I like the guy. I rem I was covering the ACC when he was there, and I, I remember him coming onto the scene. He only played two seasons of, of college football. He was suspended his junior year, in my opinion, unfairly. Uh, and then what gets, for? They had a collection of players, him and Marvin Austin, and there was you know improper there was a there was improper um stuff with an assistant coach in terms of payments or, or, or you know a coach was getting paid I, it's hard for me to i i i well, you were, I you were to, able to opine yes. that it was unfair so i need to refresh my memory on it but i i do recall marvin austin being uh mixed up in it as well uh and then he 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 came onto the scene with the rams and if if you recall, this is someone who like Joe Banner back in the mid 2010s was talking up like this guy's going to get the record setting contract, right? He I, I he he had near 20 sacks early in his career, uh, and he's he's been three time Pro Bowler, but he's been productive in like different stretches in his career. It's not yeah, like he's like just a very had, odd yeah like, every other year type thing. Exactly. So the Eagles should hope that it's not another year for him, but. I, I, again, I can't knock the transaction in large part because I said this is the move that I would make, and then they go on and, and, and make it. So it would be hypocritical of me to suggest otherwise. I think we, we should also say it it doesn't have to be a one-year rental. He's under contract for next year. Sure. It's fully unguaranteed, so he can be cut for anything. That means you can't release him and get a comp, a, a comp nope. pick in return, but it does mean that you could maybe restructure if you really like what you see yes. this year. He could come back next year um, for, for cheaper, most likely. So, so no Golden Tate situation here where they say yeah, always ridiculous. we're, yeah. we're going to get the pick back and it has a compensatory. Yeah. yeah. Give me a break. Now uh, uh, you, you asked before if I think another move is going to be made. Yes. Well, quickly, last question yeah. on, on him is, is it Robert Quinn or is it Quinn Robert? It is Robert Quinn. Got it. 
Yes. Quinn. I like the name Quinn. Quinn was 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 uh, up there on our baby list. Names. I like that name too. How close? How high? It didn't make the final four. Okay. I think it made a good run, but but not not <laughs> not to San Antonio or whatever. Perhaps there will be a a, a Quinn Dunn one day. Yeah, Ooh. I don't know. The double N's. Yeah, Michael. QD. Quinn oh. Quinn Dunn. It's it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Is it is it only a it's female a name? name? Is it only a female name or or, or can you go men? Because I know some men named Quinn. <laughs> so you answered your own question. Yes. No, but I'm saying when you think of the name, do you think of it as a man's name or a woman's name? I think first I think I think uh female, but that doesn't have to be yeah. yeah. Okay. Be a, I think it was on our it was on our boy's name too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Quinn Ewers is a person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Quarterback. Quarterback. Quarterback Texas. Texas. Okay. Yes. He's not doing too well recently, right? Mm. I was gonna say Quinn Kessenich, but I believe that's Quint. Yeah. There was there's Quinn. Yeah, there there are a handful of Quins. I played basketball with someone named Quinn when I was a kid. Uh, this is very similar to the Wolfson that comes out tomorrow. Mm, so Quinn Miners. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Good shout out to the chat. All right. I, I, I don't think the Eagles are done. I will be surprised if they don't make another trade. I am with you there. Uh, heard whispers and think it's going to happen. Now, I don't think it's going to happen before this game here, right? The Kareem. <laughs> the the hay is in the Alvin barn. Kamara. Yeah. Leonard Fournette. A little creepy. <laughs> Rex Burkhead. Uh, Alvin Gordon. Yes. I think they'll be in the market for a running back. We will see what happens. The deadline is Tuesday. Now, it's unfortunate for the Eagles that the deadline comes during a week when they have a Thursday game. Because it's unlikely that if they make a trade Monday night or Tuesday morning, that guy turns around and plays on Thursday. Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I don't believe they are going to acquire Jonathan Taylor. Nick Chubb. I don't believe no. they are going to acquire Nick Chubb. <laughs> but I would look at them at, in the running back market. Damian Harris. <laughs> I don't believe that either. We will see. But uh, something to definitely pay attention to. AJ Dillon. I don't think that as well. Okay. Cam Akers. <laughs> I would be on board with that. I don't James think that's going to. Connor. You'd be on board with, of all the guys I just named, Cam Akers is the one you'd be on board with? <laughs> the guy who's injured no. and can't get on the field for a, a team desperate for offense? Yeah. Well, he's not injured. I who just doesn't? Think who's not a pass protector? That's the guy uh, you're in on? No, I, I think Kareem Hunt is the player to watch here. What do you think about Kamara? That would surprise me. Yeah, but what do you think about the fit? If you can't make Alvin Kamara fit, then it's your problem, not his problem. I don't know. I think he might be cooked. I'm I, be worried about Alvin Kamara. I don't think Alvin Kamara is cooked, and I think Alvin Kamara He doesn't is... look like he's got the same juice to me. I it's look. I I haven't watched every Saints game this year, but I would still gamble on getting Alvin Kamara. I don't that's think that's going to happen. Where it's like if you're bringing him in, you're getting rid of Miles Sanders, right? Um, After the season, I mean, he sure. solves the third down back issue, but I don't know. I don't know if you could if those guys would be in the same. I think they might have to trade Miles Sanders. If they trade for Alvin Kamara. I don't believe that would occur. But I, I would pay attention to Kareem Hunt. That's a, that's that's a name I would watch. 
Okay. All right. Anything else? You tell me. All right. You got an ad break. Well, I know. That's why we, we got we to gotta go to break before we come back. For the Steelers. Talk Steelers. Talk uh, chicken vodka wraps. Mm. All right. Well, I guess that was, a, that was a good extended discussion of Bobby Q. We'll come back. Talk a little. I hope it was insightful in addition to being informative. I hope mm. it wasn't just... Re, re, I hope it wasn't just giving you facts, but also giving you insight. What were the other two notes of, of self-scouting? <laughs> I, I didn't want that to be to come up on this podcast. Oh, I thought that was the reference you were making. <laughs> yes, to you guys, but I didn't no. want the public to. Okay. <laughs> yes, that was one of my notes for the audience. Zach, but... I'm going to add one to your list. It's going to yes. actually be to flex more. So mm. you're going to have to like, you know, post more clips or, you know. Okay. Like, I said this. Yeah, you got to show off your Throw it in my face that I was wrong about Teron yeah. Jackson. Make me eat that crow. <laughs> I would not do that. I, w- I would not do that. I'll do it for you. I'll I thought that I, I, I really believed that they liked Teron Jackson and because they value those guys. I mean, this could turn into a Casey Tuhill situation. But I also thought that maybe the uh, Greg Ward practice squad signing was a precursor to having to cut Britton Covey. But didn't turn out to be the case. All right. Uh, let's take a little break. You got two ads coming your way in case you need to take a little potty break. That's a little heads up for you. I guess that's what the uh, the clock does there. You, you know, Marissa's all about that. She's got you taken care of. So uh, we'll talk to you when we come back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right. Welcome back to Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Uh, Rachel just came down to get the uh, the laundry out of the dryer um, and uh, let me know that I left my uh, AirPods in my pants in the, uh, oh, in the no. dryer, uh, in the laundry. Tough to feel stupider than that. Maybe they still work. Fingers crossed. What do we think? What are the, where, how many turkeys would you put on them still working? 60-40. Mm. Wow. 6040 yes. 6040 yes. Uh because it it depends on I guess the case and how how deep into well, those pockets. Well, definitely wasn't they were. in the case. Oh, they weren't in the case? Oh, oh no, yeah, they were in the case. Oh. The case yeah. was in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They were in yeah. the case. It's the it's the newer ones. Yeah, so as long as they don't get in the case. You know, getting inside the case mm. will will be their undoing. Chad is saying 15 turkeys they work. I think that sounds about right. The water, then the heat. That's a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's not ideal. <laughs> it really is tough to feel dumber than that. That's that's a tough one. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Not even Maybe the one. Not even. Back. Not even to find out that you did it yourself, but to get to get it. Like, uh, look what you did. <laughs> no, no. There's no no excuse. That happens a lot that. in our house too. So. Yeah. Big L for me. Uh, Marissa, it occurs to me that um, we've got this Crowline enemy on the Steelers. We should have just brought in, you know, the other person who lives in a household with one of us who knows that team very well. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Browns beat the Steelers Emily. this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she doesn't know who the Eagles are playing this weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Browns beat the Eagle, uh, the Eagles and the Steelers earlier this year. Um, but it was Mitch Trubisky. It wasn't, it wasn't Kenny Pickett. Mm. Um, because that would have been a that, it would have been tough for Michael to go against his boy. It yeah, would have been, they did see each other after the feelings. game. Did okay. see each other. No jersey swap. Um, still come on, not, Michael. Still have not done one of those. <laughs> um, but we got to yeah. get a swap. I know. I'm trying to think of what game. Yeah, that's your best opportunity of getting the opposing quarterback, right? Oh yeah, 100. Yeah. Not getting Brady. Later we could have got a rookie picket. That could have been. That could go for big bucks. So yeah. there's two things there. First off, he knows. He knows Kenny, number one. And then the other thing is that, I mean, no disrespect to Jacoby Brissett, but it, I don't know if, you know, if if you're going up against like Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger or, or someone, you know, someone like that, you're going to want the opposing quarterback, but maybe there's not the oh, desire for the opposing quarterback. I thought you were like, it was a threat of bad human beings. <laughs> no. I didn't get I was... that it was quarterbacks. I thought you were just naming villains if michael could swap jerseys with tom brady oh my god he would be he would never be able to do that but it maybe he said like that was you were my bar mitzvah theme <laughs> i actually i game. i i never mentioned this off the air uh i hope i'm i'm not uh doing something bad mentioning it on the air i saw an interview with michael uh, which, which first off, he did really well. He comported himself well. He spoke very well. He, he, I was impressed with that. I think the and girl was, did a great job editing it, but okay, okay. you know the one I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> yes, I know and, about. and I love that he plays Madden franchises. Oh, that, that's what that, he's probably doing right now while listening yeah. to this podcast. We'll, we'll see if I get a text. But. The inner GM in me is, yeah. is like we're kindred spirits there. So. Maybe, Zach, you can play him. I have a question. Where does Michael play himself him. in those franchises? So he doesn't, he's usually not a player. He's usually like the GM or the coach. Yeah. But um, is it the Browns? Oh, yeah, he's the Browns. So, yeah. so, but he's got to put himself in as a starter, right? No, he's, he has himself as like the coach or the GM or something. But he's on the roster in the game or is he like so far into the future that it's. I think he's so far into okay. the future. I don't, okay. I don't know. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I traded Wyatt or like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why it pissed me off today? Like he, 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 why I forgot to put on his deodorant, so I traded him. Yeah, he gets very into it, and then actually recently, something he got very far in advance, and something with the system like deleted, and for like three days he was so upset that he lost like all this stuff he did, and I'm like, are you yeah, kidding me? Like, that sounds all this stuff going around to the apartment and things, real life problems, and he's pouting because his Madden franchise deleted, and he's like googling ways to get it back. Oh, I'm like, with him. That sounds yeah, terrible. Better. It's time invested. It's like losing a document when you write it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awful. But it's a video game. <laughs> that's true. So well. yeah, just like us, you know, he's he's, he's a regular guy. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about this Steelers team. Two and five, obviously, as Marissa said, they uh, turned the page from Mr. Biscuit to Mr. Michael Dunn says hello. <laughs> Chicken vodka wrap. Um, uh, I think this is like my overall philosophy of the NFL this year 
is that there are like three good teams and everybody else is pretty close together. Um, like the Steelers are two and five. They're not good, but they're not terrible. Like I, you know, I think I had them at like 29th or something in the power rankings, but they're not like the team, the, the level of play that you would expect from the fourth worst team in the league. Um, they are 24th in offensive DVOA, 21st passing, 30th running. Their offensive line is terrible, has always been terrible. They tried to sign some mediocre guys this summer. Didn't work out. They're still terrible. Can't run the ball. Najee Harris isn't making anybody miss. On defense, middle of the pack. They need to be great. They're just okay. 14th uh, DVOA, 15th against the pass, 9th against the run. Uh, they're higher in success rate than they are in EPA per drive, which means that they're better on a play-by-play -play basis than they are in, in terms of preventing big plays. Um, what do you think of Pickett, Zach? I know you wrote the story. Have you have you had a chance to watch him play? I have. I, I've, I've been able to do some Steelers prep work and have, have watched it. Haven't been that impressed thus far. Interesting. Uh, I like his running ability. You see that. I kind of like him. I don't want to be – well, I, I really like him coming out. I don't want to – uh, kind of join this parade of ripping on the offensive coordinator, uh, but don't love their system. Yeah, it's bad. Right? It's a terrible offense. So I just keep seeing guys go in motion, and then <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Right. They 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 don't stretch the ball downfield, even though they have receivers who I feel can really threaten downfield. Between George Pickens, obviously Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool. I think they can really they they can really threaten you, but they don't stretch the field. That's been a big topic. I was watching Kenny Pickett's press conference yesterday, and like the reporters kept asking him a, a, about this, and he was saying in the NFL against certain coverages against like Bell technique, you can't do that. Um, so you have to understand the coverages. But no, they have guys who've proven they can win matchups downfield. Uh, Claypool among them, and and we'll get to that. I mean, we saw Claypool when the Eagles played them two years ago uh he has a size disadvantage a size mismatch on the eagle slot receiver uh oh i mean i'm sorry the eagle slot cornerback avante maddox but claypool can a big part of the matchup yeah yeah claypool can be a a challenge in there i agree their offensive line's not very good they they uh, i i like the james daniel signing when they made it um hasn't done enough there to kind of uh rectify the line but you asked about pickett uh I, I like his mobility. I like his, uh, I don't want to say his moxie. That's kind of like a cliche, and there's only so much you can determine watching it. But he he seems to be tough in there. I like it's that just, he makes I don't quick think... decisions, and he's okay. not scared in the pocket. And like for a rookie, yeah. though, I mean, maybe it's not always the right decision, and it's also yeah. a bad offense, so it's not like he has great decisions to make. Guys are not running free. Um, but like he does stand in there and throw it. Um, knowing he's going to get hit, and like for a rookie, that kind of that kind of willingness and pocket presence, I think means means something. Um, I think like if you're looking at this matchup, what would worry you is that like he is going to throw the ball up for 50-50 balls, right? Yes, exactly. And Darius Slay and James Bradbury have been awesome, but it's a fifty-fifty ball. Like you flip a coin, and George Pickens can come down with that ball. Yep. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson can come down with that ball. So they could be in good position to make a play and just get outplayed. And I think like they're, you know, if if this game goes the wrong way, I think it's on the hands of like some contested catches and maybe a big, you know, the, the turnover uh, differential goes the other way. Right. Yes. Uh, now, 
my last point about Pickett is that I did watch some of their earlier game. I did watch an earlier game with Trubisky, and there's no argument for playing Trubisky. Like I, I saw when when Pickett had yeah, the concussion, I saw some stories out of Pittsburgh that maybe they should go back to Trubisky. He like looked, it gives, you looked better in relief. It gives them a chance to win. Uh, to me, it's as if it's 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 as if uh, I mean, there's no question here. Pickett gives them a better chance to win. Pickett brings more juice to the offense, and like you said, Pickett takes more chances downfield. If if I and it's a good thing long term. It's not. This is so. It's no, but if if I'm like a Pittsburgh wide receiver, I'm furious at like Mitchell Trubisky. All he's doing is just like short passes, checking down, checking down. Uh, I like that Trubisky's threatening you a little more. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um. And then I guess you. I guess the only other question on defense is, well, are we going to see Robert Quinn? But that's. I guess we'll find that out. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Zach, no T.J. Watt. Alex Highsmith has been productive, although uh, like a big. You know, I think three sacks in Week One, so it's it's been quiet since then. Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, what did Jalen Hurts say about Minka Fitzpatrick this week? Yeah, so I asked uh, Jalen Hurts about it, and I asked a specific question, being that. When Jalen was speaking about Devontae Smith two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he referenced a small group of Alabama players who shared similar sensibilities. And and Minka Fitzpatrick was one of those players. And so he said, you know, you always know where 39 is on the field, first off. Like, just a a dynamic player, you know, in in that regard. And then he has a lot of respect for him personally, having known him. And he said, in college – Jalen Hurts would go to the weight room or the field on uh, on a Friday night or Saturday night, and he would want to get extra work in, and he wouldn't think anyone else would be there. And then Minka Fitzpatrick would be there. And uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, who is a defensive back, as we all know, would sometimes even run the routes. And he said that shows you how versatile Minka Fitzpatrick is. Uh, but he said that's someone that they need to, to watch out for. And when I was looking at the Steelers or, earlier this week, there have been games this year when like Minka Fitzpatrick was literally a game-changing player. Uh, he would make a play that would change the game. And so that's someone that the Eagles must account for. And that's someone who the Eagles were interested in uh, two, or 2019, so three years ago now. Hmm. There you go. Anything else? Uh, Cameron Sutton is a player who's jumped out to me in the few times that I've watched them. I don't know if that's just my limited exposure to them or, but he's obviously, he's, he's, he's someone who has jumped out. Uh, Cameron Hayward, very good reputation here. Um, Famously shut down by Michael Dunn in the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, Miles Jack is, is someone who I've always been jacked up about. Uh, he's, you love. You have such a type. What's my type? Athletes who don't have, who aren't good at football. Oh, wow. uh, I think uh, there's evidence that Miles Jack is good at football. Yeah, Miles Jack is has had a better career than Isaiah Simmons, but he's a similar type of player. Like he's a better player in theory than he is in practice. I I I suppose my football type on defense are these versatile, flexible guys. Uh, it's the same on offense. It's Kyle Pitts. It's, it's like, it's like, yes. Oh my God, 
it, the league has never seen someone who can do all of these different things at the same time. Imagine, imagine what you could do with him on the field, the ways that you could move him around like a chess piece. And then he gets into a team and the coordinator is like, mm, he's a linebacker. He's got to do this one job. And he's like, and he can't do it. The more you can do, the more you can do. Okay. Your your video's delayed for me, so I I, I okay. can't. So I I see they you. won't even throw Kyle Pitts the ball. Well, that's an Arthur Smith problem. So you are going to have to confer with your Isaiah Simmons game. gets benched every week. Did you see that that interception he had? Yeah, last week, and it was such a funny thing for you to flex about because it wasn't like he was running downfield with some great athlete. He was just a linebacker sitting in his own, and he made a nice play. Like he didn't, he he made a nice play. Uh if if your argument is that Miles Jack is not a good football player, I will. He's fine. Yeah, I've always liked the Miles Jack. That's my opinion. All right. Um, hold I, on. I didn't even I hear the doppelganger thing, Marissa. Oh, oh, yes. Arthur Smith. Oh, Ar- Arthur, Arthur oh, Smith. that's yes. that's below the belt. <laughs> I was muted. I was drinking my water, and he said, "You're gonna have to take that up with your doppelganger." And I almost spit my water. All <laughs> that's away. below the belt. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. I like the fire fire side of Zach. I think if you were ranking the attractiveness of the 32 head coaches, he'd be number 32. <laughs> that's what you think of me. That that's what other people have have said. I don't like to make comparisons. I think comparison is the thief of joy. So. What? You've never heard that before? Comparison is the thief of joy? Yes. Comparison. I have never heard that before. Um, Yes, that's a common expression. Okay. You're delayed on it. I'm I'm, going to jump out and jump right back in if you don't mind. That way, simile is the ninja of sadness. (laughs) Like, what is that? I don't know. I've never heard it either. But Zach reads way more books than us, so he's probably picked it up. In comparison, is the thief of joy. Something. It doesn't even make sense to me. I would think like expectations, maybe like said like the comparison. Yeah, where are we know. going? We could we could Google it quickly. Oh no, he's back. There we go. What happens is that if I change tabs, which I did to look at the depth chart for the Steelers, uh, when it, if if I change tabs and I come back into this tab, then mm-hmm. The, the camera's delayed. Exactly. So I am, yes. Who said comparison is the thief of joy? Who said it? I wish I could give you. I, oh, this I is an hour, like you know, proper, you're supposed to say, who? I would like to properly attribute it, but I don't. It's just, it's an expression I've heard for years. Who said it? Theodore Roosevelt. Well, that's a good man to, to learn from. The man, the, the man in the arena. As a matter of fact up here theodore roosevelt the man in the arena right so what president was he number ah i should know that i i I can go reverse chronologically here i should know that but i i don't have i don't have that top of my head and that's probably not good podcasting for me to 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 go inverse michael has chimed in and said he has heard that phrase and also, he chimed in earlier and said he was he caught himself from the team. That's why he wasn't on the team. <laughs> so this is circle back. It's like a, it's like a journalist with ethics. Like he's yeah. like he's got to make he, he can't he, he can't be swayed by the thought of potentially wanting to put himself in, even if he's not rated right. high enough. Exactly. 
All right, I'm going to move on from the Teddy Roosevelt discussion just okay. to just to not fight about. Uh, Wait, so so to get back though to the Steelers, okay? Uh, very well coached traditionally with Mike Tomlin, like we know, has never had a losing record. I don't think he has a very good taste in offensive coordinator sometimes, or at least recently. His recent hires have not hit there, uh, but his teams play hard. If you, had, to, if you had a list of all the countries in the world and you were hiring an offensive coordinator sight unseen and there it was Matt country, all you could do was pick the country based on the last name. Who would you hire? I have no way of knowing the answer to this question. I don't know. Where would your eyes go? I feel like Matt Brazil sounds like sounds like a guy who might have some offensive ideas. Well, there's a hockey player, uh, Barzil, right on the Islanders, B A R Z A L. Yeah, okay. yeah Matt Barzil. Matt Chad. I really don't know. This is not. I'm not qualified to. Girl, what to do you mean? This, this is question. not. A, you don't need a PhD to answer this question. <laughs> this is just a. It's a personality test question. Who would you hire? <laughs> uh. Uh, Matt France. I, okay, I Matt, Matt France. Yeah, that's good. That was a good one, Zach. Okay, Matt France. Happy. Yes. Okay, not bad. All right. Uh, well, why don't we go to break and come back with Super? Anything else on the Steelers, Zach? Well, I, I thought we would get into a Tomlin discussion there, but I mean, what do, uh, what, what do we have to say about Mike Tomlin? But there's no need there. Mike Tomlin was effusive in his praise of. Jalen Hurts this week had a chance to speak to Mike Tomlin on a conference call on Wednesday was, was kind of a little bit more muted in the conference call. Didn't have much to say. Asked him about Andy Weidel, the Eagles, former uh, vice president mm, of player here. personnel and said he was not involved in the hiring the revenge the evaluation game. of Andy Weidel, but uh, you know, mentioned that he's, he's brought something to the building there didn't think the Kenny Pickett homecoming angle would would be relevant. Thought that's that's secondary. Uh, although that was the first question that Kenny Pickett got in his press conference this week. I shouldn't I shouldn't mention that. And yeah, overall, uh, but I respect a Mike Tomlin team. The Eagles and Steelers don't have a big history uh, Matt Turkey, playing against each other. What's that? Matt Turkey. Matt Turkey. The okay. chat is going with the with the maths. I'm, I'm glad we're still on this conversation. Yeah. This is this is really uh, <laughs> yes. uh no. So did did uh, was there anything else from Jalen Hurts' press conference this week, Zach? From Jalen Hurts' press conference, he said the temperature changes, but they don't. Right, uh, wants to come back after after the bye, even more infused. There were a lot of uh, or or not a lot, a few Phillies questions. That uh, he he likes Gene Segura, likes the mm. way he plays, has has he, he likes his swag. Called him number two, asked for help with the pronunciation of the name, so I can appreciate. That'll be in the lead Jalen of the Wolfstead tomorrow. Uh, he says that um, he was asked the question about his split allegiances. You know, he's she's she's from Houston. I thought he answered it well. It's I mean I I give credit to the Eagles PR staff. I'm sure they prepped him on that one, and. He said, you know, he's a Houston guy, born and bred there. He has a lot of loyalty to his hometown. Philly's his home now. He has a lot of love for Philly. And he said they're going to play the game, right? They're going to play the games. So that was his answer 
to that, but there were he 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 liked watching the Phillies. There's a lot that can be taken from there. Uh, on the Phillies topic, spoke to AJ Brown yesterday. Doesn't understand how mm. teams are pitching to Bryce Harper. AJ Brown, an exceptional high school baseball player who was drafted by the San Diego Padres, uh, and says that when you can hit a baseball, when he was talking about how hard it is to hit a baseball when you're hitting it like that. He, he said, and, and you're hitting it every time. Mm. It's a great thing. And you, sh- you just shouldn't pitch to him. Best he also says, in the world. Yeah. He also says that you should, uh, that he, he didn't grow up of, around like a major sports city. He was born in Starkville, Mississippi, went to college in Oxford, Mississippi, started his NFL career in Nashville, Tennessee. He said he used to have to drive two hours or so to see a professional sports game here. He went to the Sixers the other night. Uh, he, he, he thought it was real cool the way the fans were celebrating the Phillies. He's not going to lie that it makes him think about how cool it would be if the Eagles were to win. He doesn't want to get ahead of himself. He made sure that we wrote that down or recorded that, you know, they're taking it one game at a time. Um, but he, he did say if the, uh, Phillies win the world series, he's going to go to the parade. So, uh, if our listeners go to the parade, look out for wide receiver one. There you go. All right. Good stuff on the Steelers. Uh, why don't we take a little break? Come back. Swooper. See if Marissa can keep her winning streak going. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Back on Birds with Friends. I had to scramble to write my uh, prompts down quickly, but I got them. So we move to week seven of Swooper Sorecasting. Marissa on the board has a win. I lead the way with three. Zach, I'm sorry, I lead the way with five. Zach has zero. Should be three, but. But it's not. You have one, I have five. (laughs) Zach has zero. However, this is the week. That Zach planned for, mm-hmm. potentially. He will enter the arena with, I believe, what might be an unprecedented 
41 turkeys. Marissa borrowed against the future. Paid off. She got the W. But she will only have 17 turkeys. I will have 26 turkeys. And away we go. Uh, Marissa, I believe, I, I could be wrong, I believe it might be your turn to lead off. Okay. Um, I believe Edward wrote this one. I should have wrote the name down because I thought this was a really cool one. And I think this is right up Bo's alley. Jalen Hurts passes for 62 or more yards than Kenny Pickett. Kenny is 62 days older than Jalen Hurts. Mm, nice. That's a good one. I like that. Yes. So basically, Jalen Hurts needs to pass for 62 or more yards more than Kenny Pickett. Mm. I'll say two. Three. Four. Oh, big spender of 17 turkeys. Think she's going to come in and throw her turkeys around. Five. Gobble, gobble. Ooh. I'm out. Six. Uh, Kenny Pickett has not thrown for a lot of yards this year, but neither has Jalen Hurts. The Eagles will be – I'll go seven. Wow. Do I hear eight? You got it, Zach. Okay, seven it is. Sold to Zach for seven. All right. So now I'm at 35 turkeys. Okay. 34 turkeys. Please don't cheat. <laughs> 34 turkeys. Thank you. Okay. Would you like to go next? Uh, sure. Robert Quinn gets a sack. There was Bobby a lot of these in the chat. Bo Quinn. One. Two. Three. Four. We talked about that Steelers offensive line. It's true. Going once. You can have it from my perspective. I don't know if Bo's Bo, going to get Going twice. Sold to me for four? Yeah, Quinn Sack. All right. I like that. It's a fun thing to root for. Now, uh, Rohit asked if does a half a sack count. Mm. I was considering a full uh, sack. Yeah, I would say no. Okay. okay. But two half sacks. Do two count. half sacks count. Yes. Okay. Correct. Like yeah. that. Okay. Good Good Bad clarification, play. Rohit. Uh, all right. I will go with a uh, a classic that I really uh, I like. I like. I think it was like week, it was two weeks ago when we had a little Phillies action in here. Mm -hmm. Got two World Series games coming up ahead of Sunday's game. Mine is that the Phillies combined runs in the first two games is greater than the points scored by whoever the lower scoring team is on Sunday. Okay. One, One two. Three. So potentially go shutout here could be advantageous. I'm out. Four. I'll say five. Something fun to root for. It's yours. All five right. going once, five going twice. Sold. Okay. Zach, are you ready? I'm not ready, but <laughs> let's uh, let's anyway. let's set the stage for Danizes here. 34 turkeys for Zach, 21 for me, 13 for Marissa. Okay, lots of red. 
Okay. The item. The Eagles force a three and out on 25% or more of the Steelers' drives. Steelers' offense has gone three and out on a league high of 33% of their drives. Eagles' defense has forced three and out on 26% of opponents' drives, which is fourth highest. Now, this is a sealed bid second price auction. All three players privately write down their bids and then reveal them at the same time. The highest bidder wins the item, but only pays the second highest bid. The other two players do not pay anything. Note to Zach. Okay, if there you. is a two-way tie for the highest bid, each of those players are rewarded half the item and each pays half of what they bid, rounding up to the next whole turkey if needed. For example, if there is a two-way tie at 11 turkeys each, two players who bid 11 would each pay six turkeys and then will get 0.5 of the if the item hits. If there is a three-way tie, all three bidders get one-third of the item and pay one-third of their bid, rounding up to the nearest whole turkey. See Twitter last week for a summary of how bidders should bid in this kind of auction. It is very commonly used worldwide because it is, quote, strategy-proof. There is no need to really strategize once you learn how to play. Got that? I didn't back? see. I don't think I think I missed his Twitter thread on this. I missed the Twitter thread too. <laughs> but I respect Professor Selman. Okay, so basically the item again is the Eagles force a three and out on 25% or more of the Steelers' drives. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. All right, tell me when to lift it up. Okay, wait. I have no pen again. So. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Seven for me, six for Marissa, nine for nine. Zach. Zach gets it for seven. Okay. okay. All right. That's a good one. What was it? 33% or 25%? No, 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 25%. The, the Steelers offense okay. have gone three and out on a league high of 33% okay. of their drive. Yep. All right, Marissa, it's to okay. you. Okay. I'm up next. Um, I had a Robert Quinn one, so I'm going to have to change that. There is, I hope this is grammatically correct. There is one or fewer lead changes in the game. There are. Wonder if there are. One or fewer lead changes. So are we counting? And does the initial, yeah, the initial one, does that count? Doesn't count. I think no. no. The initial. So from zero to seven or zero no, to three. That doesn't count. count. No. I mean, okay. this is a commenters, but I'm going to say that doesn't count. Okay. So one or fewer. Okay. That's a good one. That's fun. We've never done something like this. I like that. Three. Ooh. Zach, you know what? He slow played us, Marissa, Four. but he wore he wore the vest on purpose because he was ready to flex his turkeys today. Yes, um, trust me, I don't want to lose my turkeys in a one turkey. Wait, 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 Same. Zach. When you listen back to the pods, was Swooper part? No, of Swooper was not part of it. No, <laughs> Swooper was not part of it. I it was Just forwarded through that part. Skinned yes, <laughs> I accept that I am not particularly good nor interested in this segment and so wow yes so shots fired not interested in the segment what kind of message does that send to the listeners if the, if it took the listeners this long for, for them to <laughs> decipher that then look i'm i'm happy to play along but it doesn't okay. sound like it i'm going four 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 going once less than one or fewer 
lead changes. Four. Five. 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 <laughs> five from the man in the black vest. I hear five. You got it, Zach. I'm out. Five. Thank you. Five going once. Five going twice. Sold. Five is sold to the handsome man in the vest. So I'm at 22 turkeys now, correct? Yep. Okay. That's a pretty good one, Zach. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're up. There is a photo of Kenny Pickett and Donovan McNabb together shown on the broadcast. One. One. Two. Should I give context here? Or not? <laughs> I know that's the only reason you did it, so you might as well. Kenny Pickett has a photo of him and Donovan McNabb that his mother is currently looking for. He he is not in possession of it yet, but she is trying to find it, and he'll he'll put it out there uh, if and when she does find it. Does an artist's rendering of an of the picture count? Sure. So can or even it, oh, it doesn't have to be the actual photo. It could be it could be a drawing. <laughs> if they post a drawing of Pickett and McNabb, you deserve points. I don't know about that. It's not the photo. I would argue against that. Okay, but all right. So you're right. So Two? someone asked if there's photos of Kenny and Michael together. There's actually photos of them doing yoga together. Mm, now yes. we're talking. But Michael would kill me if I shared them. So we'll have to <laughs> wait for the McNabb one. <laughs> I'm, I'll go two. I'll go three. Zach's just spending. I'm out. I've never seen him so frivolous with his Turks. <laughs> well, I have a number that I'm not going beyond. I have a carryover number. I shouldn't say that. I Three going once. Strategy. Three going twice. You get it. And this is a CBS game, by the way. It's Jim Nance and Tony Romo, I believe. Mm. Mm, uh, uh, higher another... quality, higher quality broadcast means they might be able to do a little bit more digging. Okay. All right. Uh, mine is very simple. The Steelers win the turnover battle. Eagles, of course. Lead the league in turnover differential. Uh, Steelers, not as good. I'll say one. I'm not interested in this. Neither am I, but I can't let you have it for one. Two. Three. I'm out. As am I. Three going once. Three going twice. Sold. Wow. To the very handsome man in the blue shirt. Marissa, sorry that my mic is moving. That's okay. I was trying to message it to you privately, Zach, so it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Ready? Ready. Ready. Oh, I opened the wrong file. One. Sorry. Okay. No red on this one, so this is a normal auction. Turnovers on downs do not count. That's... Zach, it's still kind of uh, moving. The clarity. It's like wobbling. Hey, what are you doing, Zach? <laughs> 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 So the full Costanza there, hands up. Okay. <laughs> okay. There is a lost fumble during a play from scrim. There's a lost fumble during a play from scrimmage. These two teams are the best two in the league at not losing fumbles. Eagles haven't lost any, and the Steelers have lost only one in a combined 140 offensive drives. What was the first part and the of that? Answer, and the, and the, and the, and the, so the, the item, item is, is that there will be. There, there will is be. a lost fumble during a play from scrimmage. Two. Okay. Three. Four. 
five. Oh. Counting on a strip sack of Kenny Pickett here. I'm counting on a fumble of any kind. But, you know, maybe those small hands play into it. <laughs> those little, little bitty hands. It's relative. Um, I'm out. It's too early for me to exhaust this, so you can have it for five. Five going once, five going twice, sold. Okay, can we have a turkey update? Marissa, you have 13. Bo, you have 13. Zach, you have 19. Okay. Jalen Hurts has more yards than Najee Harris. Running, correct? Running, yes. Rushing. Najee Harris has not been uh, very effective this year. Yes. Four. Five. Mm. Six. Seven. Seven. Seven going once. Seven going twice. Eight. Oh. Jeez. Mm. Eight going once. Nine. Ooh, hurts more than Jalen. This feels, I mean, I'm sure he's done it almost every game. Nine. Going once. Going twice. Sold to me for nine. You got it. It's a good okay. one. I needed some. Eagles. Okay, sorry. Dad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eagles score more second half points than first half points. Mm. And the context here is obvious. They've been known as a first half team and not a second half team this season. Three. Four. Are they slow coming off the bye? As we all recall that 2017 season, they come out against Dallas after their bye and they are just uh, sleepwalking through that game. Then they emerge out of the locker room in the second half and dominate the Cowboys. You can read about that in Underdogs, the photo of Eagles emotional road to Super Bowl victory. Um, so we're at four right now. Mm -hmm. Five. I am out of bidding. No more turkeys left. As am I. I have a number. Oh, and this is oh. beyond your number. Interesting. Five going once, five going twice. Sold to both. Sold. Wow. Okay, Zach. I don't even remember. What did I just win? Oh, yeah. Second <laughs> half points. All right. Ready? Mm -hmm. Both two-minute warnings occur at exactly two minutes. Oh, as opposed to like 159 or... Yes. So it has to happen before a play. I mean, you would think that it would mean that the clock is running to two minutes. Right. Right. So, But like the, a play, yeah. So when the clock stops for the two-minute warning is exactly at two minutes and zero seconds. Right, but that Both only in the can first happen and... if the play hasn't started, right? Yes, right. if the play hasn't started or if a play just... Well, it is possible that the play could end could at end exactly it. two oh. minutes, but okay. that is the less likely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it happens both times. Okay. One. Two. I want to root for it. <laughs> How many turkeys you got left? Eight. Three. 
How bad do I want it? I know Zach doesn't like a silly one. <laughs> what does Dana have up his sleeve? Going once. Going twice. It's yours, Marissa. Sold? Don't speak for me. <laughs> you got it. Okay. All right. And the final one. Oh, this is a good one. Nick Sirianni wears some sort of Phillies gear during his post-game press conference. Mm. Or back up if this already has been used. And then we already, it's fine because we did not use this one yet. So I won't even read mm. that. One. Four. Now it's during his post-game press conference. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do this. I think he does the pandering on Friday. He's going to do it tomorrow. I don't think he's going to do it for the so post So are you game. mad that I got the two-minute one? Yeah, I would rather have the two-minute one. <laughs> but four. Now, the only thing is they don't play a game that day. Like Bo said, I think he pulls it out tomorrow, day of the game. Right? He's too focused. He's too insularly focused after the game on the game itself. The flip side is he does come. He, he does change from whatever he's wearing post game to something. He put on the well, Kenzie, the, uh, the, uh, uh that's he, right. Yeah. He put on the Roxborough shirt and he put on the, uh, Reggie White, or I'm sorry, the Harold, the Harold Carmichael. Mm. No, no, I'm sorry. It was Mike Quick. The Mike Quick, uh, jersey. So I don't think he's going to do this, but I want, I want some action. And I, the Phillies ah. come home on Monday. So maybe if they win, the Phillies come home. Yeah. So I'm going four. Okay. Go. Going once. Marissa, I'll trade you. Uh, I'll trade you five turkeys for your, for your two minute warning item. Ooh. Can we do this? I mean, there's no rules. We're making them up as we go. Zach, how do you feel about this? All's fair and love and swooper, right? <laughs> That's a drop. Oh, I totally forgot to put together the music. Next week, we're going to have a swooper mm. intro. Um, so I get, what is the trade? So we I would give it? you five turkeys. So you would go from having one turkey to- But I paid to... four turkeys for it. Right, so I'm giving you more turkeys. So you get a free turkey. You essentially bought a turkey. One turkey? Yeah. No. Good job, Marissa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Negotiate here. For one turkey. But then you can use that turkey if you want this item, or you can no. keep it for next week. I think I'd prefer the item I have. All right, I'll give I you six. That's my final out. offer. Six? Nah. All right. I'm good. I'll stick with it. So who's buying um, this one? I am for four. It's Going not once. sold yet. <laughs> I thought you said one thing we need to do is speed up the auction. <laughs> That's <portion>. true. <laughs> To, we're out to of the practice. Listeners. Yes. Going once. So I'm trying to accelerate here. Going, going twice. twice. Sold. Sold, Sold for that. four. Okay. Boom. And I exit with my number. That's great. Boom. That's great. <laughs> uh I I I'm I'm a little bit worried about insider trading here. That Zach might slip him slip him some kind of Phillies merch on his way in. But that's all's fair in love and swooper. You're allowed to do that. You can question a lot. Don't question my integrity. I would never dare do that. You could, though. I would not. Okay. Marissa, you got a Robert Quinn sack. Jalen Hurts has more rushing yards than Najee Harris. That one's going to hit. And then both two-minute warnings occur at exactly two minutes. 
Zach has uh, Jalen Hurts has more than 62 more passing yards than Kenny Pickett. Uh, 25% of the Steelers' drives are three and outs. Uh, there is one or fewer lead change in the game. Kenny Pickett, Donovan McNabb photo or artist's rendering. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come down to that because that would be BS. And Nick Sirianni wears some <laughs> Phillies merchandise. I have the Phillies score more runs combined in games one and two than the lower scoring team in Sunday's game. Steelers win the turnover battle. There's a fumble loss and a play from scrimmage. And the Eagles score more second half points than first half points. Exciting and how many stuff. turkeys are we all carrying over? I have eight. You have 15. Marissa has one. Okay. I thought I had zero, but I'll take one. No. You... Oh, did you buy it for? Oh, you bought it for three. Did you? Four. You got it for four? So then you do have zero turkeys left. I'm, I'm honest. Sorry. I should get a, that point back for being honest. I agree. <laughs> Character well, counts. No, but you should have taken <laughs> the you should have taken the offer. All right, let's get to the crystal ball, Eagle. Zach, what you got? Uh so let me pull up the point spread here. Make sure there's no line movement. Um, Eagles are heavy favorites here, coming off the bye. They're obviously the better team. I I, I think that's been pretty clear here. Uh, the latest line I see is Eagles minus 10 and a half with an over under 43 and a half. I didn't pull this up on my phone. Uh, I think that uh, I, I would play both sides of this like I normally do. And I actually think I'm going to play both sides of this like I, I normally do. Uh, seven for seven. <laughs> I think the, now if I look at the Steelers betting trends, they're not a team that like plays you close in losses. They either kind of either either get beat by a lot or they upset you. I don't think they're going to upset the Eagles. Didn't they play with but, last week against the Dolphins? Yes, I'm, I'm talking about overall betting trends. Um, but if if you're just looking at the overall trends this year, double-digit favorites have not been uh, very good at covering, and that's a big line. Uh, so I am going with, Eagles, 27. Steelers, 17. Eagles win. I'll give you uh, – I, I think they pass the ball effectively. I think the Steelers try to stop the Eagles' running game. I think this is a week when you see more from A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. I'd like that there. The matchup to watch on when the Eagles are on defense is Chase Claypool against Devontae Maddox. Devontae Maddox is a really good slot cornerback. Um, and far be it for me to call to call someone small, but from a football perspective, he's on the smaller side, doesn't have long arms. Um, and that's a tough matchup when you got someone like Chase Claypool. And so I think they'll try to isolate that and put Chase Claypool in chances where he can win either jump ball or uh, situations where he can use his size to his advantage. George Pickens on the outside can win those 50-50 balls. I, I think that the Eagles are going to be more concerned with taking away Pittsburgh's running game. They'll, they'll try to pressure Kenny Pickett, and I think they'll be effective doing so, but the Steelers might be able to get a big play or two in this game. Is there anything on your radar, Zach, in terms of self-scouting that the Eagles did that you might see them try to reverse here? A very good question as far as like uh, tendency breakers. Yeah, or I, things that I they think... haven't been able to accomplish. Like do they, do they want to make sure to really get A.J. Brown the ball more or something like that? I could now. I I think you. So, I was on a show last night where they said, uh, "Kenny." They they said Quez Watkins hasn't really been involved in the offense, and, which is true. Like, 
how concerned are, are you about that? And Zach Pascal hasn't. Uh, Zach Pascal has. It was in, really been it was in the power rankings this yeah. week. The Eagles' top three receivers: yeah. Yes, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. As you predicted before the season, Zach is the highest share of team receiving yards for any top three in the league. It's it's like eighty three percent, which is which is way hot. Exactly, and I, I and so my answer last night on that show was uh, no disrespect to Quez Watkins or Zach Pascal. But if I had A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith, I wouldn't pass to those guys as often either, right? There's a reason why the big three get the, uh, have, have this big target share. It's like when the Nets had Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. They, they weren't throwing the ball or passing the ball to Joe Harris to win games for them. Actually, they, they did try that at one point, um, but uh, to lead them in scoring. So uh, point being that I think that's something they could try to do is get a shot play downfield to Quez Watkins or get Gainwell involved in the passing game. Um, but I wouldn't do it. I, if, if I'm looking for anything, it's potentially mixing Jordan Davis in in those four-man fronts or with the either I, – I don't think they're going to break up that Fletcher – the um, Sorry, the Milton Williams Marlin group yet, but I think they could push him into the Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave group. I so, think that's right. Yeah, so that's something I would watch. I think they probably. I mean, I think they should throw Quez the ball a little bit more, just on the deep shots, just to back the defense off. We have not seen like the the vertical passing game, which was a part of the offense in the first three four weeks, has gone away a little bit the past couple of weeks. I don't know if they're you know what it is that defenses are doing to uh, negate that. I mean it what they're doing is they're blitzing more and there's not enough time to get the ball out. Um, that's what's going on. I think the Eagles would like to gain that up. Um, I mean, Quez is at like the highest rate of uh, routes run or the, the lowest rate of routes run per target in the league for guys who have run as many routes as he has. But yes, I mean, I'm, we're talking like one extra target a game that I think they'd like to build in. Um, I think they would like to get AJ Brown a little bit more involved. Um, not quite as much as as it was in, in Detroit, but you know, he's here for a reason. I think they could. I think they could get him the ball downfield more. I think downfield passing is the thing that I expect them to try to build a little bit more into the offense this week. Um, and so we will see if that happens. I think. Uh, I think this game might be a little bit of a struggle early on. Um, just a little bit of doldrums coming out, uh, feeling themselves a little bit, getting back into the, into the routine. Um, I, I think the Steelers might, uh, might come out and take an early lead in this game, but I think the, uh, the Eagles over the course of the game will, uh, will pull away. They are the better team. Give me the Eagles 26, 18, 26, 18 Eagles. You don't have them covering either. I do not. Yeah. So there you go. We will be back. Of course. With a post programming update for the post game show, I believe we will be on later at night. It won't be live from uh, from the Lincoln Financial Field, so you won't have the backdrop of the tile ceiling in the radio booth. Uh, but you'll you'll get us later on. A little how the uh, how the tofu is made. Yeah, we're trying to in an effort to get the day after up earlier Monday mornings. We trade off having the post game pod a little bit later. Maybe that means uh, we're being unfair to Zach and Marissa who have finished their work already. Uh, we're tilting ready, things. Whenever you guys are. 
but that's the that's as the reason behind that's the reason behind that. A one o'clock game. You're talking about like a maybe a ten ten thirty ish show. See how it goes. That's about it. So, any final words, Zach or Marissa? Nope. Hope I win in Swooper. Looking forward to the week ahead. The weekend ahead. Big Phillies games. Happy Halloween mm. to all of our. You have a Phillies uh, prediction, Zach. Actually, no. Uh, uh, we're going to talk before Halloween, so uh, that's true. Do I do I have a Phillies prediction? The Astros are really good, right? I mean, this is a team we talked about it with with Gelb. This bullpen's a machine. The lineup it was a fun is, conversation. Is, I enjoyed our little, yeah. our little chat with Mister Gelb. The lineup is so well built. Uh, you know, their GM Click uh, has, has 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 made a few moves on the periphery, but Jeff Lunau really built like a juggernaut organization. I mean, here. we really got to throw Lunau a bone right now. <laughs> I, I mean, he you got to do, you got to throw Lunau a bone. What about, I think he, what about it's the players? What happened? Well, absolutely. Guy? It is the players. It is the players. And if you uh, look, my, my, my fantasy baseball team doesn't have a lot to brag about, but I got Jordan Alvarez when he was a prospect. And I, he's someone who's been kind of developing in the system there. Um, but anyways, that you don't I need, you don't need to give Lunau credit. Okay. I didn't mean to, to, to get you fired up. That said, Lunau. that said, the Phillies are hot right now. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Jeff Lunau. Playoff baseball is fundamentally different than the regular season. Uh, we talked about that with Gelb, even though, the Astros are really good in the postseason. I think the Phillies have the those top two starters are going to be well rested. They're they're going to have Noah Wheeler if they can just steal one in Houston. I like the Phillies' chances here. I'm going Phillies in six. So mm. Phillies close out the series, and you're there to watch it Friday happen Friday night on Minute Maid Park. We will see. We will see. Mm. So, but yeah, I'm going Phillies in six. All right. Well, like there's it. probably a little homerism in that pick. But all right. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We will see you Sunday evening for Zach and Marissa and Bobby Q and Matt Afghanistan. I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you on Sunday night. And as always, we love you.